It's Insights with Latrice. Welcome to another episode of Insights with Latrice. I'm your host, Latrice Kabuya. Listen, have you ever felt like giving up? Has life sometimes knocked the wind out of you? Well, today's guest is no stranger to facing life's challenges. She is a mother of six who went from homelessness and just having a GED to an author, international speaker, and add doctor to her many accomplishments. This is what I want you to do. Lean in and listen to the wisdom of Dr. Latarsha Holden. I'm telling you, her story is going to change your life. And then I'll be back at the end to share my insight. Enjoy. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you here on Insights with um, Latrice, Dr. Latarsha Holden. Um, It's a privilege. I've read your bio and just everything about you and you're simply amazing just just let's get that out there right (laughs) and so for my listening audience tell them a little about who you are oh my goodness well I'm so excited to be here Latrice thank you for having me Um, I'm Dr. Latarsha Holden born and raised in Atlanta Georgia so being here now 48 years of my life, um, within the last 10, 12 years, God just has, he's really, I'm, I'm still in awe. Sometimes I really don't even have the words for it, but he took, at 35 years old, I had a DD, um, very little work history, and I had six children. And at that time, I had two in high school, two in middle school, two in elementary school, so he, I didn't know what to do. I was lost, scared. I had just left a marriage. A marriage ended after 10 years. I didn't know. I was lost. What do I, I as a pastor, I often pose the question, what happens when your struggle outlasts your strength? Mm. We all know, we all know that we can go through something if it's a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but what happens when it becomes years? So for me, I was homeless for four years. Um, I didn't know, I, I, I really didn't know what liberation nor freedom looked like, especially for a black woman that, that at 35 years old is homeless in the streets of Atlanta with six children um, and uneducated. I had a GED at the time, but I knew I had to do something to change the trajectory of my family life. I really didn't know what that would look like in the end. I just knew I had 12 eyes watching me. So within that 12 years, I went from being homeless uh, with six children to running for city council in the 2017 election from a GED to a doctorate degree in leadership studies. I'm now a 13-time published author and I released my first comic book um, six months ago. And I, I created that because I want to create a way to empower people with a simple message to let them know God is still with them. Wow. I don't know what to say after that. I, it's almost like, okay, thank you for coming and good night. Oh my gosh. So I'm your age. We're 48, right? Mm-hmm. And so from 38, so in 10 years, you've accomplished all of this. Yes. So here's here's my question I want to pose to you, Dr. Holden. Um, why didn't you quit? The odds were against you. And I know you had those 12 eyes, but 
we know people quit. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's not like I didn't want to. Honestly, it had it been left up to me and my flesh, I probably I really want to go and hide somewhere in the corner. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't have no family support. I'm, I'm in the city that I was born and raised in. So I have a, like 150 family members from aunts and aunt, uh, aunts and uncles, cousins, my parents, sisters. I didn't know what to do. I was like the black sheep of the family because I dropped on in 10th grade. I have four kids by the time I was 22. So I, I, I just remember the journey got so hard. I, when you, I, when you, when we was talking offline, you said something about mental health. I just remember the journey got so hard. I walked into a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia. And I told the lady at the desk when I walked in, I said, I can't do this anymore. I, I don't want to live. I don't know what to do. I, I just, she said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, yes, ma'am. That's what I'm saying. And I remember them, I wasn't raised in a church, but I remember them um, kept me for a week for observation. And on that floor, they had a padded room. And I went to the lady at the desk. I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anybody. I said, I know it, ma'am, but I need to go in there. And, and Latrice, all I remember was every day I was there for that week, I dropped down to my knees, cried out, God, are you there? Please help me. I don't have anything. I'm scared. I'm lost. And when I left out of there after that week of observation, my situation did not immediately turn around, but I knew something was different. You know, I just knew. So when, when the rejection came at me, I remember I called her sister. She had one and a half. Of, she had one probably like a $250,000, $300,000 lawsuit. And I asked her for $50 to get a hotel room. She said, no. I just yeah. cried when I hung up the phone. And I just kept going. I called the auntie one time and I and I said, can we just sleep on the floor for one night? She said, no. It was a joke to everybody. You know, here I am, a, a college student. And, and inside, the rejection was so hard. I mean, I was crumbling. I was... I didn't know what to do. My kids, they was the older four. They was teenagers and, and two in the high school and two in the middle school. They wanted stuff. Yeah, They wanted the, 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 the shoes, the clothes. The girls wanted that. I just didn't have it. But what I did do, Latrice, right before I went into that hospital, I did, I thought about suicide and legacy. And I, I didn't want my children to leave without me depositing something into them that they can take with them as they continue to grow. So I came to them 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago now. I said, well, I don't have a lot to offer you all materially. So all I have to offer you guys is to love you unconditionally. I said, I want to show you guys how to give back. And they were like, mom, what are you talking about? We don't have anything. How can we help anybody else? Mm. I said, I know, but if I can teach you all how to serve at our lowest, then I've given you a strong foundation to build on become great leaders. Now, Latrice, I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably one of the most humiliating moments in my life because at this point, I'm giving my children all of me. I'm, 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 I'm taking a chance for them to see I'm a servant leader at heart. So I, I, I'm like, okay. In the inside, I was saying, okay, this is all I got to give. You know, I'm going to show them who I am, a servant leader. And so they could, they grumbled and complained. I got the newspaper articles when we did the events in the community, about four or five events. But Latrice, by the grace of God, to my surprise, each one of them came to me one by one. My oldest son now be 32 in June of this year. He came to me his senior year in high school. He said, mother, by what you showed me, my way of giving back is joining the United States Marine Corps. That's my way of serving. 
He served 10 and a half years before he medically retired. Now he's a second year college student pursuing a degree in business. My other son, he just turned 30 a couple of weeks ago. He became a caretaker. My daughter say, my oldest daughter said, mom, I will give him back. He's going to the medical field. She's an EMT, licensed pharmacy tech, and she's in her second year of college. Then another daughter said, mom, my way of giving back by what you showed me is going to the human service field. And she graduated last year with her bachelor's in liberal studies. And she joined the United States Army two and a half years ago. My 19-year-old daughter became a two-time published author by the time she's 16. Now she's a four-time published author, an entrepreneur, a spoken word art advocate that speak out against injustice in the community. And my last child, Omega. Omega is the last and the end, Latrice. There's no more coming after him. Yes. Omega is a senior in high school, youth leader, youth uh, um, uh, athlete, never giving me any problems. And I tell you this, if, if God called me home as a servant leader, I believe I've done my job. My God. Wow. You, woo, there's a lot going on right here. <laughs> Listening to you. Because so many times as parents, when we don't provide certain material things mm -hmm. to our children, we feel we failed. Yeah. But you said something key. And my husband teaches um, on this all the time, legacy, purpose, vision. Mm -hmm. So despite what your situation looked like, there was still a vision in your heart. There was mm -hmm. still purpose that you knew you had to pass on. And as a result, we see it, the fruit of it with your yeah. children. So tell that mom, that dad, who doesn't have all the materials, all the money, but yet how important legacy is, how important vision, purpose, because that's what you had. Oh. If you have that, you see what you've done in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. What I realized, first thing I want whoever's listening, your kids are watching you. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, and as you notice, I said, I admitted myself, I was, went to the hospital. So my kids actually got to saw raw feelings, raw emotions. They saw me depressed. They saw me crying. They saw the family members laughing at me and, and, and they saw the scorn and humiliation that I faced. But one thing they did not see that I gave up, you know, and I and my son in the Marines, he said, because I asked him, um, I said, so how did you make it through the Marines? That's the, they got the hardest boot camp. I'm just asking a random court, you know, he said, mother, I thought about you. He said, I knew everybody was laughing at us and I heard you crying a minute of nights. He said, but you never gave up. He said, so when it got hard for me, because he said it was hard. When it got hard for me in that basic training, I just kept going. I said, if she can keep going, I can keep going. And that's how he was able to make it through the boot camp. He's, and now we sit back and laugh. And he was like, you know, mom, at first we was a little ungrateful. You know, we was, why, why we got the struggle? Why we had to go, you know, which really it added more pressure on me. You right. know, because like you said, I felt like a failure. Right. He said, but now looking back, yeah, had it not been for you going through and showing us how to push and showing us how to keep getting up when we, we don't even know where we would be today. 
Latrice, my nine-year-old grandson is now a published author. So God is allowing me to see my children now, my grandchildren. And I said, so whoever's listening, your destiny is your your the legacy to your generational uh your children and your children's children is tied in you. If you give up, you would not be able to see the manifestation of the glory of God within your family. Had I given up, my children would probably the streets would have got a hold to them, the drugs, the games, because we was in a vulnerable situation. Yes. Yeah. But now I'm seeing the fruit. Now, now, now I, I say, wow, we was laughing the other day when my book, my grandson, his first paid speaking gig, when he had to go read to kids at the bars and girl club. And on our way back, my daughter and I, we was riding back his mother. She said, mother, you was like the ancestors that had to go before us. Yeah. You was like the Rosa Parks for us. You was like the Dr. King. You had to go through the pain, the humiliation. Yeah. So now that we're walking in our purpose, or whoever's listening, your children's children's purpose is tied up inside of what you do or what you don't do. Mm. 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 That's a word right there. That's, That's a word. And I know, um, you know, some things that I share all the time. When you quit, you terminate mm-hmm. your purpose. Yeah. And so even if it's just a little step at a time, a half a step, a crawl even. Yes. A crawl. Don't quit. Do not quit. So so your family members, let's just talk a little bit about yeah. that. Let's talk about now where you're at. How your heart is so big. Mm-hmm. I can imagine your answer because people turn their backs on you people that mm-hmm. should have been there and open the doors and all that good stuff how did you navigate through the feelings of forgiveness well you know and that i have always had a gift of empathy and compassion that's 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 who god made me compassion and empathy for others so as i you know my mom passed two years and god is so good and she knew she treated me. I felt like I have, I'm the oldest of three girls. And she treated me like the Cinderella. I mean, the stepsister in the Cinderella story out of the three daughters. But I just kept showing her love. I even, even with, I, I kept showing love. No matter if they rejected me, they, la- <clears throat> they laughed at me. They was mean to me. But on her deathbed, she had, she had a seizure and a stroke about it. A, a, a seizure and a stroke. And she struggled with the complications of that off and on for about a year. But... I went to feed her. I went to her house. Uh, she died August in 2019. So late July, I went to feed her, go over there and see her. My mom is not a religious person. She didn't come, she didn't raise us in the church. We never even heard Jesus really talked about in the house. But this particular day, I go over there to see her and I said, hey, mom, I click on the light in the room she's in at her house. And she started proclaiming Jesus is Lord. Wow. She said, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, when I walked in the room, she said, and, I, and I, I was taken back and I was like, yeah, mother, that's right. So as I was feeding her, she stopped and turned to me. She said, you're not evil. Because all my life, that's how she treated me. She got my auntie. Wow. She, they they adult bullying me, had people thought something was wrong with me. And and, and I said, huh? Because she's never apologized. And, and she said, you're not evil. And my, my son was there. So God will have a witness and he said, I said, I told my son, be quiet, grandma, give, give me a compliment. She said, you're not evil. She said, I'm so sorry how I treated you. 
She said, you have always been a good-hearted person. You've never done anything wrong. Wow. She said, your children are good-hearted people. She said, I want to tell you, I'm sorry. She said, you're not evil. Two weeks later, she had an, another seizure. She never made it out of that, and, and she passed. When I left out of the house that day, it's like a weight. I'm, I'm a small frame woman up top, but when I left out of the house that day, you couldn't tell me then. I was, yeah. I, my son, I'm like, you know, I was like, get out of my way, boy. And, you know, I said, I waited 47 years to, to because my son said, because all, all my life, they made me feel like you're not good enough. Something is wrong with you. And, 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 and so that's what got me off track. That's how I dropped out of school. And I started having, I didn't know, it messed me up. And, yeah. But she came and she, you know, she said, you're not evil. Wow. And, and, but it was interesting how she proclaimed the Lord Jesus immediately when I walked into the room. So I don't know if did she had to get it right with God before she yeah. transitioned. Yeah. But for me, that just let me know how much God loved me that he said, you're not, she's not going to leave here. Yes. Without you getting closure and that, you know. An affirmation. Mm -hmm. Affirmation, yeah. Affirmation that even as a grown woman and yeah. accomplishments, you still needed that affirmation. Mm -hmm. And yes. so for the parents out there, even if you didn't get affirmation, please give it to your children and children, be mindful yeah. of your words. Because just like Dr. Holden said, she was told she was this and that. And so she decided to become, right? Yeah. Because our words are powerful. Life yeah. and death are in the power of our words. And so even if you may see something kind of showing up in your child, if it is not what is favorable for you or that child, then you speak only what the word of God says over that child. You combat that. Yeah. And you, you, you don't speak the negative. That was one of the issues with me and my insecurity journey is that I was all, I was shapely at mm -hmm. 10 and 11, right? And so mm -hmm. it's called fast tail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know what else to do. And I was really innocent, but I was um, molested as a child and I was told it was my fault because mm -hmm. I'm a fast tail. Mm -hmm. And then you just become curious and then you try and figure out well, what are they talking about? Yeah. I didn't know I had a big butt and hips. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know, mm -hmm. you know, and that I look like a grown woman at 10 and 11 and 12. And so, but those words wrong, you know, and then, you know, and, and here's the thing about parents that we have to be careful. I'm a mother of five. You're a mother of six. Um, despite how we were treated or are mistreated, mm -hmm. um, we, I, I think words just, we, we gotta be careful with those words because they shape, they yes. shape your life. They shape your life, they shape your children. And even if you're mad at something they do, pause, take a moment, remove yourself before you deal with the situation. Because I do believe in discipline and I do believe- you have to address, mm -hmm. but it's in how you do it. It's what's going to be the difference maker mm -hmm. um, for for our children and, and for ourselves as we understand it. So um, I knew you were going to give me an answer like that. I just knew you were just going to be loving and <laughs> I just knew it. I, I, you know, it, it does not surprise me. So uh, you had your first child at sixteen. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
now where you are now, Dr. Holden, what would you tell your 16 year old self? Oh my goodness. That, that she's not a mistake. You know, she, she's, you are good enough. You are, don't ever let no one tell you that you can't do anything. You know, don't let no one else put their limitations on you. Cause what I realized now looking back, everyone that stood on the sidelines of my life doing a lot of talking, yeah. wasn't doing a lot of walking. They weren't doing a lot of walking the walk. They weren't doing a lot. You rarely see people who are making moves talking bad about you or have the time to put you down. They, they too busy. They too busy. It always them people sin because they don't have the courage to live out their life, their purpose. They see, and most time people see something in you that you don't even see. Mm -hmm. So the enemy will use them to derail you because they don't have the courage to be who they are. So if they see you trying to walk, that's why even when I, I made a vow to God, I, well, I remember a quote, I made about a God that God, if you give me out of homelessness and hopelessness, I'll go back and help others. And so then I remember a quote from Nelson Mandela when he said, how could he enjoy the limited freedom that he had when his sisters and brothers were not free? Mm. And that's what made me run for city council in the 2017 election. At that point, I knew that I had a moral duty at least to try to go back and fight for I don't even, you know, I, I was willing to put myself on a chopping block because it was eight of us in a race, but I was the only one that was not politically connected to anyone. I was the only one that didn't been on their job 20, 30 years and just had the, yeah. the yeah. influence, you know. Yeah. So, but I was willing to put myself on a chopping block to be lied about, talked about on yeah. a campaign so I can go back and fight for the homeless community, affordable housing. But although I did not win that election, it's funny because that election I actually ran for the seat that our mayor Keisha Bottoms vacated Ooh. so she can run for mayor okay. so that's that district is the biggest district in Atlanta so you need about at least $20,000 to make a good visible presence because I was not I was the only one that did not have a, a campaign director I didn't have the, the I only had $1,200 maybe $2,000 at the most to campaign with yeah when all everybody else had $20,000 to $50,000 Wow. And the lady who won the seat, she only beat me to the runoff by 400 some votes. Had my family, no family helped me. Because you know, while the trees, now everybody's embarrassed. Oh, you telling people you was homeless, you're going to make us look bad. No one expected me to be on the other side of the story. So, but had I had, I had help, a little help from family, some little donation money, the word was I probably would have won that seat because I was more relatable at every precinct that they had in that district. People came out and voted for me. So, Dr. Holland, I got two questions for you. One, how important is it to tell your story? Because we are a society that likes image, but mm -hmm. you're and you're successful. And truth of the matter is, because like I said, I stalk you. I did. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But I'm not crazy, but I did stalk you mm -hmm. and you got it together, baby. I mean, mm -hmm. sis, I was like, okay, sis, <laughs> your doggone thing, right? Everything is in excellence. Um, you have a DR in front of your name. I was nervous because I was like, look, my little country twang. I hope she she connects with me and she liked me because, you know, I'm, yes. I'm silly. I'm, you know, <laughs> but 
how important, even with all of that success and accomplishment, how, how important is it to you to continue to tell your story over and over again and not get caught up in the image? That's one question. Oh my goodness. Oh, that, 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 no, no. First of all, I know what nothing I did, Latrice, I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. Had God not stepped in, I didn't have it. So whoever's listening, God wants you to know. So when you think you have to have the connections, when you think you have to have the money, the 401ks, the big houses, big cars, the nice cars, the nice bank accounts, I did not have it. So for me, to be a 35-year-old black woman in a major city of Atlanta, homeless with six children, with very little work history and no family support, it was no way I did it on my own. There's no way. So that keeps me already up, my hands lifted, praising him. There's no way I can go from being homeless to now, last year chose as Georgia Mother of the Year. And then God said, daughter, I'm going to do a little bit more further for you. Not only are you going to be Georgia Mother of the Year, I made you National Mother of the Year, which I became the 85th woman in history. I saw that. Only God can do that. Okay, so just (laughs) hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt because my husband says, don't interrupt them, you know, but when I got a good guess, I have to interrupt because I need to make sure I read this again because you just kind of went over it real cute. (laughs) Dr. Holden is the 85th woman in U.S. history to hold the title as National Mother of the year, the 16 year old who had how many kids by the age of 20? Four kids by 22. 22, 85th woman, mm. I'm just saying. Mm. I, I don't I don't have that in my bio, I just so you know. Only, only God, so that what keeps me, and I know everything is gonna fade. So what I do, um, when I was homeless and, and we didn't have the, the times, we was in between shelves. So when I rode in college, we was living in a board up house at squatters. So my perceptions always keep my focus on God. One day I'm not going to be here. So I don't get caught up in nothing physical because I know one day I'm just passing through. So my thing as Beyonce got a song, I was here, is to let the world know I was here. Mm. Well, well, people forgot about me. Well, I was statistic, you know, I was uh, stacked on top of statistics. I was here. But you said something about doctor. Let me tell you how God did that. Um, I got to the PhD. So after I came out of the hospital, I matriculated through college with my AA, my BA, my MBA. But when I got accepted to the PhD program for leadership studies, now I did want to bungee jump up to heaven, high five my man. I, I just never thought I'd see that time. But halfway through the PhD program, probably a year in, I got a call to the office. And the dean said, well, Latarsha, I got some good news and bad news. I'm like, yes, sir. He said, well, Latarsha, you've been here 10 years. He said, you, you, you've got enough credit hours to do whatever you're trying to do. He said, but because you've been here 10 years, you're, you have depleted your funds. You will not be able to finish the PhD program. So I'm running for city council. I got this call, I, I got this call in 2017, 2016. And I got my head hung low and I walked out. I said, God, I tried. I really tried. Six months later, I'm at a house line up on the dry. I get a call. Dr. Holden, can I speak to Dr. Holden? I say, this is me, sir, but I didn't finish the PhD program. He said, Dr. Holden, <laughs> let me explain who I am. He said, Dr. Holden, I'm 
Dr. Carlton Davis, president of G. Moore Theological Institute of America. He said, Dr. Holden, is it true? Let me just, because my staff members have been watching you for a time. He said, Dr. Holden, is it true that you was getting a PhD in leadership studies? I said, yes, sir. He said, is it true that you brought a family of seven out of homelessness and all your children are leading in some form of leadership, military, college? I said, yes, sir. He said, also true, Dr. Holden, that you have newspaper articles that we've seen where you have shown your children leadership skills or how to be leaders, even when they didn't have it. I said, yes, sir. He said, is it also true that you're now running for city council? I said, yes, sir. He said, it's also true that you're an author. He said, Dr. Holden, we're not giving you anything. God has faith for you. He said, you have to simplify what leadership is. A dissertation could not even touch what you have done, Dr. Holden. He said, I know you're running for office. You won't be able to come up here for the graduation. We're going to mail you. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't, God favor you. We're not, you didn't, we're not giving you nothing. You didn't come to us. We search, God calls us to, and when I got that degree in the mail, and that's how I keep my focus. That's how I keep my focus. Because I know only he could do that. Wow. Um, so I told you insights with Latrice were real, were authentic. And we're two 48-year-olds crying right now on a <laughs> podcast. And I feel no type of way about it because I'm looking at God's grace when I look at you. I'm looking at God's miracle. I'm looking at someone who... I don't know if right now if I can articulate the honor and respect that I have for you and the blessing you're going to be to our listening audience. Um, wow. Wow. Where do I go from here? Um, I'll say this. Um, you said something when you were running for city office. Mm -hmm. You said you had about 1,500, possibly two grand, mm -hmm. and you really needed 20,000. Mm -hmm. At least, yeah. At least, yeah. right, to, to do a decent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you only, I don't want to say lost, but yeah. only was separated by votes by 400. Mm -hmm. That could preach, teach, because in the natural, you did not have what you needed. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times in life, what we do, and I, I've been guilty of it, we make excuses. It's not my season because I don't have this, or I'm not going to do this because I don't have this, mm -hmm. or I don't have the experience or the time or the money. Mm -hmm. That's the, the enemy will use that excuse. And we can validate that excuse. We don't have the money in the natural. But the fact that you went on faith and ran and were only separated by 400 is, is amazing. So again, that's a life, life lesson. So for my, for my listeners, you can't even use that as an excuse because Dr. Holden has 
um, debunked it. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you, you can't use it as an excuse. Um, find your way. Yeah. Keep going. Just do it. Do it scared. Do it yeah. in fear. However, just do it because God will meet you and make it possible. Wherever that impossible is, that's where God will meet you. You do what you can in the natural, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Then when you get to that point of, okay, impossible, this is out of my range. Mm -hmm. That's when God shows up. Yes. So we can't even use finances as an excuse anymore with your story. And so everyone that's listening, you're listening for a reason. God is speaking through you through Dr. Holden. So whatever you're tied up in or you're going back and forth with or you're not being consistent with, I need you to know that the Lord is speaking through Dr. Holden and speaking through this podcast to you to get you where you need to be, to put you in a position right? So you can continue to carry out your purpose and what you're called to do. No more excuses. Because even with Dr. Holden, the word of God in Jeremiah talks about, he knew you before he even placed you Mm -hmm. in your mother's womb. Mm -hmm. So he had made purpose for Dr. Holden. Then he created Dr. Holden. Then he placed her. Mm-hmm. knew everything she would go through, but it was already inside of her yes. to overcome. And that's the thing that we sometimes miss it. We feel, okay, we, we found purpose, we found vision. So this is going to be an easy day. <laughs> it's not. It's not. We still have to fight, but we got yeah. it on the inside of us. The word of God talks about how we're overcomers, mm-hmm. right? That we win. And so we have to take that and take a hold of that and move forward. So whatever, despite whatever you go through in life, you win. And, you know, and like you said, it wasn't for me. I didn't look at it as a a loss. When I look, go back and look over pictures and it was a win for my family. I see my grandchildren out there with their campaign signs. Both from a grandma, you know, we, we, everybody out there, you know, that, that's a win for me. That's, that's a <laughs> How can you, I mean, just think your, your generations are like my grandma. Yeah. I'm out here with my grandma. My grandma. That's, <laughs> you, I, how, I mean, that's such an experience it is. and what you've planted inside of them for them as they get older, what they're going to do just because of the exposure, just yes. because of the experience. Yes. Wow. Uh, You're amazing. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. So in all of this, because you're my new best friend in my head. <laughs> um, so who inspires you, Dr. Holden? Because you inspire everyone else. Who inspires you? Well, originally, because I didn't have any mentors, what I did when I was homeless, I chose three women that I want. They're, they're my solid mentors. Um, but I chose three women because it was, each of them had a little part of who I wanted to become, you know, as I continued to grow. So I chose Corella Scott King, Felicia Rashad, and Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. So I just had pictures of them um, 
cut out. And I just, you know, that was my, I didn't, cause I didn't have no one in my family that I could, so I just chose people and I studied them or I might read. And so that's how I learned how to carry myself, how to dress just by watching how they carry themselves and how to, and so that's how I started to groom myself, you know, into the woman I am today. Cause I didn't have any mentors, you know, people that took me up on their wing. And so they became my silent mentors. And so now as an international speaker, um, and I became an international speaker last year when God opened the door while I was invited to speak to college students in India. And so now I, I, I'm just I'm just amazed that I just see a little parts of me. I'm a community advocate. I've been speaking out on violence for about 15 years and different things. So I just see little parts of me in each of those women. So they became my silent mentors that I use to groom myself into who I am today. Wow. And you are a lady. I'm telling you, I've, I'm looking at everything you do and um, you are of excellence. And so I think that's important. You don't necessarily need someone physically yeah. right there beside you. You can just um, study someone from afar and, and you're, you're one that I know many will study from afar, including myself. And I know we're the same age, but there's so much that um, I, I will pull from you and learn from you. And so I'm thankful. Um, as we wrap up this um, session of insights with Latrice, I mean, I could go on, but um, people got to live life, eat and all that good <laughs> stuff. So I'm not going to hold you, but I, I just, I mean, you've, you've dropped so many nuggets and so many gems, right? But mm -hmm. if we could just leave our listeners with one last insight um, that will encourage, inspire, motivate, challenge, what would that be from you, Dr. Holden? Uh, chase purpose and not perfection. One thing I learned on my journey was the time would never be right to do anything. I, it, it just would. Had I waited on a perfect time, I wouldn't have accomplished nothing. I, it, it, I mean, so where was, again, I rolled in college living in a board up house at squatters with a GED. So I'm rolling college as a homeless woman with children. So the time wasn't right, but what I decided... I decided to chase purpose. I put my blinders on. So who was ever listening, put your blinders on. When you get into this race, a lot of times people get focused on um, focus or uh, distracted because they're, they're, they're too busy looking at the other runners. Oh, they're so hard ahead of me. Oh, I don't have what they have. I just put my blinders on so I couldn't look to the right nor to the left. And I just became laser focused on the goal. My goal was to I made a vow that the, the streets was not going to raise my six children, nor the jail was going to house them. And so I just became laser focused and I started to chase purpose and not perfection. I'm sorry. I've dropped the <laughs> mic. I've dropped myself. So listeners, I'm sorry. Let me recover. Um, wow. Wow. That that was definitely an insight that doesn't need any other ex ex explanation or support. Where can people follow you, hear you, see you, book you? Tell us all that information so we can connect. Awesome. Please check out my, my life story, No Longer Lost from Homelessness to Overcome. As a matter of fact, all of my books are available on my website. Um, for those that are international, the, everything is also on um, Amazon. So you can go to my website, www.drlatarshaholden.info, I-N-F-O. Um, you can email me, latarshaholden at yahoo.com. Um, my main three webs, I mean, sites, social media sites I'm on is LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
You can even call my assistant. Uh, we'll set up an appointment if you want like a coaching session, 404-838-9587. And you can also book me as a speaker on my website as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, you're everything. You're awesome, Dr. Holden. It has been an honor to have you on Insights with Latrice. Um, I woo, I have to go listen to this again. This, this is good. <laughs> Um, but for my listening audience, thank you so much um, for being with me and my guests um, on Insights with Latrice. I hope this has inspired you, encouraged you, motivate you to find your purpose, to operate in your purpose and do life on purpose. God bless you and thank you. Wow. Did you lean in? You couldn't help but be inspired and encouraged after listening to Dr. Holden. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Holden. So now let me give my insight. Life can be unfair (laughs) and sometimes just downright disrespectful. But you have what it takes to overcome. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it can be challenging, but you heard Dr. Holden's story. If she can do it, you can do it. God has equipped you to overcome everything that life throws at you. You are more than a conqueror. You have to remember that. You can do this. Thank you for listening to another episode of Insights with Latrice, where we talk about real life, we talk about the real you, and of course, we talk real good. Until next time. It's Insights with Latrice.